Yo, 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 testing on the mic, hope I sound alright. Welcome to Afro Lemonade, where we discuss the delicate delicacies of the black experience. I'm Nico, I'm your host, and today we're going to be sipping on that bittersweet dark matter. Dark matter as in mental health, as in the brain of a black individual. Um, Before we start, I really got to let y'all know, and this is just going to be precedent for every episode that I do, that there's no judgment in this room. This is a safe space for discussion and understanding the black experience, whether it's just me or there's other people here. You know, if you hear me with a lighter, it's because I'm lighting up the sage. I got it burning. Um, That's the type of energy I like to keep around me. So also, if you hear lighting, it might not just be (laughs) the sage. It might be me sparking something, you know what I'm saying? But nah, today we sober. So yeah, I just wanted to talk about mental health in the black community. And honestly, this is not going to be just one episode that I have, I'm going to have numerous talks about it because I think it's critical for us to open up dialogue about this topic. But um, I don't really have a direction. So let's just let's just roll with it. You know what I'm saying? That's what Afro Lemonade is supposed to be about. So this is going to be like the second release within the the pilot. Um, But this is the type of I want to foster a uh, no frills, authentic, um, no judgment, just a free zone to talk about certain things that we don't get to talk about, or there's restrictions on how we're able to talk about it. So anyways, um, mental health, I think black people, ah, gosh, I love my people. There's a lot of things that we deal with, um, both on a personal level and a more macro societal level that affects us deeply I mean they say that we have trauma in our DNA and to me it's just sad because I don't think we get to have these conversations enough or it's too taboo or it's you know it's weak it means you're weak and there's there's just a lot of things involved with the topic of mental health when it comes to black people so I'm trying to get into it me personally I've had um, several struggles and issues with mental health growing up um I'm glad to say that now I feel as if I'm in a place where I'm I'm healed and I was able to heal myself from a lot of my trauma. But, excuse me, um, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, I was born in the Caribbean, born in Trinidad, boop, boop, Trinidad, born. Um, <laughs> shout out to my people. But having that background, I feel like, is what added to, you know, a lot of the struggles and we can't talk about mental health and we can't talk about pain unless we talk about the situations that cause it. And for black people, for a lot of us, it's either our family dynamic or, you know, our, um, economic position. And yes, I was in middle class, kind of lower middle class, but I was an immigrant nonetheless. Um, my mom was the youngest of eight. My mom had nine kids. I was the youngest of the nine. Oh, she wasn't the youngest of eight. Sorry, <laughs> that's wrong. But she was um, from a family where she there was eight kids and she had nine kids. And, um, you know, we come from a family with not that much uh, capital, not that much income, money. And you already know the struggle of being an immigrant, coming to America, trying to find your place, um, 
in a place that supposedly encourages immigration, but doesn't really show that in practice. And um, so just the idea of being able to fall into society, like I didn't get my green card until 10 years later. The same thing that they currently deporting um, 21 Savage for is the same thing that allowed me to become um, a scholar, to get my bachelor's in a prominent field, and to actually contribute back to this society. But they like to paint immigrants in a specific way. Either way, that just added to my experience and how I had to work harder, right? So personally, I've had issues with perfectionism, depression, anxiety. Anxiety came more um, within college. I think that was more of a the pressure from having to do well and people paying thousands of dollars because I went to a private institution upstate New York, um, thousands of dollars to make sure that you don't fuck up. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've had, you know, most of my depression came from that context, but I noticed something, especially around Caribbean people. And I know it's, I know it's in the black community too, but I'm speaking from this because this is what I have reference to. Um, especially in the Caribbean community, you know, this is something me, my friends have noticed. They don't, they don't completely understand mental illness and they don't completely respect it. Um, I think we like to be very macho all the time and this could be related to masculinity or not, but we, we don't like to acknowledge pain a lot of the time, you know what I'm saying? So... There are many times where I, you know, I had to message my mom, like I wasn't answering or I wasn't interacting with family and, um, they don't get it. Or maybe they take it personally and they're like, um, you know, you're ignoring me. But there's many times that I had to tell my mom, it's just like, yo, I don't even have energy to speak with the people that I live with. You know what I'm saying? I spend days or hours, um, in a day just laying in bed, not doing anything. And, um, I think because of the fact that we have to work hard, you know, they say twice as hard for half as much because we have to work hard. We've also ingrained that in us that we can't like, um, we can't stop and, and really soak in the pain that we're feeling. Uh, so it's twofold. I feel like in some ways it's us ignoring the pain that we're we're feeling and in other ways we're invalidating it and you know that kind of breaks my heart because mental health in in general just has does not get enough attention um especially in this day and age of digital social media and everyone placing their highlight reel and showing the best parts of their lives and you know there seems to be a like a discrepancy between what people appear to feel like in the life the experience that they appear to have and what they're actually having um so a lot of us don't like to be vulnerable a lot of us don't like to open up to the idea that we are experiencing pain um and so then we think it's just us and then when we think it's just us we isolate ourselves we pull away from society and that but that's just mental health in general and so when you add blackness to it it makes it even it makes it even sadder to me because I'm like there's there are many ways in which we need help. You know how many times throughout like high school and college, once police shootings started getting more 
um, visibility and in the media. You know how many times we had to witness somebody within our community dying and no one being reprimanded for it? There being no consequences for that? That's painful because that's an that's a instant reminder to you that your value, that your life, your life has no value. You know what I'm saying? And that, but that's just one instance. Now, now imagine being somebody who grew up in a, a low income household and having to go to college. And again, your parents are paying out the ass <laughs> for you to be able to enjoy or, or create a, a better experience. And let's say you're failing or you're struggling or you're having a hard time. That's another experience in which because of the context of our lives and the, the specific issues that we deal with makes it, it just makes it so sad to me. It breaks my heart. Um, and I can't tell you how many times, like, again, talking with my friends, we'll have conversations with family members and they're just like, oh, well, just go to God with it. You know, that's a whole nother conversation, okay? We're gonna we're gonna take that and put that somewhere else because I one of the things that I wanna do on this podcast too is um address spirituality and address the sort of the the lemonade, the bittersweetness of spirituality in the black community. But even that, it's like it's it's usually sometimes it seems like a lazy response. And it's usually unhelpful, right? Um, Because half the time, and I'm not speaking for myself, but half the time, the people that you are telling are very spiritual. You know what I'm saying? There's there's the pain um, with not being able to actually solve your issue. You know what I'm saying? Like taking it to someone or taking it to a a presence is fine. And that's great. And and it's, it's a consistent teaching yourself okay, I'll give it up to God. I'll give my worries up to God. But the reality is, one, you're, you're in pain. And, and I mean, I'm, not try, I'm trying not to offend anybody, but the, the book is not helping you or going to the church is not helping you. And in some ways, by telling someone, oh, just take it to God or, you know, just, just pray about it, it's, it's like... What's the word I'm looking for? It's, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, It's lacking the ability to actually give true empathy for this person. Um, Because who's to say that they haven't been doing that? You know, when you get, the thing about it is a lot of the issues that I have with um, the stigmas surrounding mental health is the fact that when you're in that frame of mind, it's it's about knowledge. It's about um, being educated. Because when you're in that frame of mind, it's 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 almost it's so hard to penetrate because it's like a cloud of darkness that surrounds you. And if you're surrounded by that darkness, it almost seems. I'm not gonna lie. You know, in some ways, we can't expect other people to help us with their words. Um, it seems like nothing that anyone suggests or nothing that. Um, people think is the answer actually helps and maybe you are willing to implement it maybe you are willing to try but the idea is that it's it's about your belief system your whole entire belief system is clouded and it's clouded with the idea that my life situation or whatever I'm experiencing sucks 
and it's painful. Um, but you, but that's all that you're able to see because energy attracts energy and you're in, you're soaking and, you know, chilling in this state of darkness. That's all you're able to conceive. And so something like that is just like, are you even listening? You know what I'm saying? Are you even paying attention to the pain that I feel? Um, yeah, I mean, and what, what kills me, I, I brought up, you know, my Caribbean background, but what kills me is that it's, it's generational, right? It's not just culture, but it's generational because I can listen to the type of stuff that my mom went through and type of stuff that my siblings, cause I didn't grow up with all of my siblings. I was actually the only person, um, in the beginning when I was two to come to America with my mom. So I didn't grow up with my siblings. So listening to their stories, I'm like, yo, you experienced so much pain. My mom lost her mom when she was 16 and lost her dad when she was 17. So much pain. You know what I'm saying? But the lack of acknowledging um, mental health as, as a critical um, part of our experience, it just it just makes me sad to, to understand that we're, we're carrying these perspectives through generations. And, you know, you're maybe your kid like you can you can show unconditional love and expression towards your child. But if you. If they're looking at you not even being able to um, heal and having the space and the time and the priority to heal yourself, then they're not going to look at that and see that it's possible. You're their first example of, you know, life experience. So it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's painful to look at because it's like, what are we doing to ourselves by failing to admit that we're, we're hurting? You know what I'm saying? What are we doing to ourselves? We can't mask it with drugs we can't mask it with violent behavior um because then we just continue to live in a world where the same things that hurt us perpetuate and i mean i don't know i'm just speaking for myself but that's not the world that i want to live in um sometimes i find it hard to have conversations about mental health because i'm like oh people don't care but everyone cares you know why i know everyone cares because everyone experiences it but it's because it's so taboo because it's a supposed sign of weakness we don't want to talk about it it's it's frustrating it is frustrating um but what i will say though to get a little bit of the sweet from the bittersweet um conversation is that it's our ability to experience pain that makes us so great and i hate that i hate that i this week i personally was struggling with the concept of um, creativity stemming from pain personally because I would say in the past, I don't know, year, I've been working on myself like in depth. Like, and side note, black people, I really think that we all have the ability, not just black people, everyone in general, but you know this for my peoples, um, we do have the ability to heal ourselves from the inside out. Um, I'm going to save that for another conversation. Like I said, dark matter will be an ongoing topic in Afro Lemonade, but we do have the ability to heal ourselves. It takes a lot of work, but I would love to help and assist in um, giving this as an opportunity to those who can't afford therapy. See, that's another thing, right? But those who can't afford therapy, those who don't have people to talk to, um, 
those who don't have the resources, it's possible. I, I swear to you and I promise you that it's possible. But anyways, I've been going through just months of digging deep and and reliving certain experiences so that I can grow from it and um, release it, really. And one of the things that I realized, I was like, well, I went through a lot of uh, pain when I was younger throughout my family, throughout just interactions with certain people. Um, I went through a lot of pain and but I've always been so creative. You know, I've always been like the, the writer, the rapper, the dancer, you know what I'm saying? And now after I've finally learned to come to a place where um, I'm like knowing myself more, I'm discovering even more talents. Right now I'm like painting and I'm doing animation and, you know, I'm doing so many things. But as far as I knew, my identity with... Um, my identity was associated with, my identity with creating was associated with pain. I was like, the only reason that I've had those experiences um, of, you know, being creative at a young age was because of the issues that I was experiencing at a young age. And my want to distance myself from that, my want to um, dream, you know, I'm a dreamer, I'm an idealist, dream of a world where that's different. And so some of the stories that I wrote, which, which is weird because I think we all went through like, you know, the teenage phase and remember my teenage years, like most of my writings have been about deep stuff, deep, dark, you know, issues facing humanity or whatever the case is. But this, this is my point. I always felt as if my creativity gave me some sort of escape. And at the same time, it allowed me to address those painful things. But Ah, this week I was just stressing on it because I'm like, well, I got to be able to create outside of pain, right? It, it can't just all be from pain because then what does that make me? You know what I'm saying? So now so now when I release the pain, I'm like, well, am I still going to be able to create from a place that's, that's joyful? Like, am I still going to be able to create in a way that's healthy without the pain that I thought identified my creativity? You get what I'm saying? Um, and I also feel like that's another conversation. I like to just put things on hold as you can tell, but I do, regardless of all of that, I do have to give credit to the fact that we as black people suffer a lot, but we are the swaggiest, you know what I'm saying? Like we are the most talented and don't ever, let me tell you something. Don't ever, 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 ever let anybody try to play you. You know what I'm saying? The same people that teased us for our lips, because I got some big lips. I've been called DSL quite a few times in elementary school. You know what I'm saying? New York, little ass kids is reckless. But um, the same people that's teasing us for having big ass lips, they want it too. The same people that's teasing us for our hair and our skin color, they want it too. And guess what? The same people that got shit to say about us, about our music, and how we interact um, with arts, they want to be just like you, okay? So don't let anybody try to play you. At the end of the day, I think the divine has given us certain gifts because of the strength that we possess. And it's 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 like a, it's a double, it, it is bittersweet. It is bittersweet because I can look at a video or listen to some music 
or watch a whole bunch of black people in the room. You ever went to an open mic or like a, a open um, jam session and watch a whole bunch of people in the room? Like, bro, <laughs> we are really talented. We are so talented that it like it, it it's different. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Many can imitate, but they can't they can't be us. It's really different. Um, and I, I value, oh, let me log back into this cause I don't know what's going on. I, I really value our ability to create in, in, in the sexiest, the swaggiest way. Um, but you know, even that, even that comes with some pain. And this, this next topic that I'm kind of getting into, I feel like I need a, a whole nother <laughs> count how many times I've said that this is a whole other thing but I feel like I really do need a whole other um platform for this uh, a whole other uh episode for this because this is something that's very near and dear to my heart but I was gonna say even with art with with creativity and art comes another <laughs> flip side maybe I guess potentially negative thing because a lot of the people that we look up to, well, no offense, but not me, because I don't, I've never liked or agreed with idolizing celebrities, and I'll explain why, but um, a lot of the people that we, we admire their talent are suffering. These people go through pain, and, you know, outside of the black people, but just all people that, that create things that create um, stuff for us to consume, a lot of them go through pain. And whether that's the pain that initially brought them to being creative in the first place, or it's pain that came from their fame, it's painful. Like, you know, it's hard, it's hard. The reason why I feel like I need a whole another episode is because people like Michael Jackson comes to mind and you know, the issues that he had, um, people like Kanye comes to mind and that's, Kanye is a hot topic, right? Um, Kanye has verbally expressed that he's bipolar, you know what I'm saying? Um, but even, even when Cardi, let's talk about Cardi, when she just started coming up, you know, she'd be cursing, whatever, joking, um, sex positive, being her authentic self and people are out here, like, oh, what about the kids that are watching you? What about this, this, that, and whatever? This is part of the reason why I don't like idolizing celebrities. Because I'm like, yo, they're just people. You know what I'm saying? Look how, many, look how many of them get addicted to drugs, you know, um, have like like self-harming tendencies. They're just people. They're just people being sucked into this ridiculous um, show that we create. Uh, for people who are talented, like we put them on this pedestal and it, it fucks them up. I was watching, I forgot who does these animation videos, but they do it for musicians. Um, and I've been watching a few of those recently. Um, I watched the one with Michael Jackson and he was talking about how he sees how like fame gets to people you know, it could really break them and he, he hopes that it doesn't happen to him, you know, the pressure from the fame and all of that. And everyone in the comments was like, that's so sad. 
because that's exactly what happened to him. Michael was a very quiet person, and he said in an interview, he's like, I didn't really, I don't really like a lot of, and um, a lot of attention on me. I get embarrassed, but that's exactly what happened. He was a freaking superstar, and and it was, it's kind of sad because it was a self fulfilling prophecy. But that's my point. My point is, these people that we put in these positions, um are are just regular people and so for, that's why i was like when people are talking about oh um cardi you gotta be a role model for the kids for what you be a role model to your kids like cardi ain't gotta be a role model to your kids cardi came out with her platform she never changed what her um her brand was about first of all if you want to say i'm not gonna sit here and act like i wasn't listening to crazy shit when i was younger you know what i'm saying but if your child is listening to some, you know, genre of music that you don't want them listening to, then that's more on you to deal with. That don't got nothing to do with Cardi. But this is what I mean by these unrealistic expectations. So while I do like the fact that we can take music and take art and, and make it into something despite our pain, I also feel like it. the whole concept of doing that brings pain. But that speaks more to... Um, that speaks more to the climate of, of, you know, being a celebrity and fame and all of that, which is driven by superficial ass, um, things. <laughs> I couldn't think of a word. Fuck it. You know, but, um, yeah, man, there's a lot of things circling in my head as it has to do with mental health. Um, our access to certain resources is another thing that bothers me. I mentioned that, you know, some people can't afford therapy and that's, that's right. But I remember a time when I was actually interested in going to therapy and, you know, it's on my campus. Um, first of all, I, a brief segue, I think identity plays a lot into, like I said, where you came from in your experiences, but your identity plays a lot into your mental health because, I remember growing up in New York, like, it was diverse, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was still, like, my high school, I think, was still predominantly white, but it wasn't, like, um, disproportionately so. Like, we had all types of people in New York City, and anybody from New York could attest to it. Like, we had the Caribbeans, we had Russians, we had um, Middle Eastern people, we had Hispanic people, Puerto Rican um, Cuban, we, Italian, like, we had everybody, and I was, I can easily say that I was friends with all different types of races, but the thing is, I went to school upstate New York, and that was a whole different conversation, now, there was a lot of black people, it's Rochester, um, there's a lot of black people in Rochester, um, in the actual city, you know, in the inner cities, this is how it happens, but my campus was not near there, so I went to PWI, predominantly white institution, and me trying to, go to a therapist or a counselor on campus, how many of them do you think look like me? None. <laughs> there was one lady. Actually, no, I think she was just a doctor there. I don't think she was a counselor. None of them. And so even the idea of going to someone who would understand our experiences, who would understand the, you know, the context of certain things and just, just things that we uniquely experience I didn't have that opportunity and many of us don't have that opportunity and I don't know I think 
I'm very passionate about mental health because I've seen it personally and how it affected me. It's been many times where I was close to suicide, many times, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, this is just no way to live. Um, it's, 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 it's no way to live. It's not, it doesn't give me hope, um, for like us resolving some of the things that we've been through. And I think about not having access to counseling and those type of things, but what about children not having access to these things like broken children turns up to be <laughs> broken adults you hear that i don't know if y'all can hear that but the people next door there's a, a broken kid screaming <laughs> i don't know if they're broken let me not wish that on, on them but anyways my point is even as as children we don't have access to those resources you know what i'm saying you go into school and if a if a black you know the the school to prison pipeline if a black kid disrupts quote disrupts or or quote acts out and like they're not allowed to to have any type of um um outlet to express let's say things that they are experiencing at home but if they act out or they stressing and they disrupt in the class what do they do they send them to detention you know what i'm saying a lot of these inner schools don't have the budget for inner city schools don't have the budget for counselors and and they they don't i i don't want to say i don't know who who it comes from i don't i don't want to say that they don't make it a priority but the government ain't making it a priority you know what i'm saying a lot of these school boards ain't making it a priority but they can a lot of them can barely secure the funds to to even ask for those type of things and that's this is what i mean um this is what i mean about it being from so many angles because I it, it would be easy to say that black people are continuously in pain for their for their own reasons because of their own um, inability to admit their pain or their own neglect but that's not entirely true we already know come on we know how systemic how all of these um, these mechanisms and institutions have set themselves up or how the government you know have set it up for us to be disadvantaged but the result of that is continuing a cycle of brokenness that we don't deserve we really don't um so i ask i know this this is this is all over the place <laughs> It, there's a lot that I can say about it, but I, I prefer it this way because I think it's raw and I think it touches on a lot. Um, over time, I'd like to interact with other people and hear more about their experiences and how we can, as a community, one, because you, you, can't, you can't move on from anything before you're able to, one, address it and then accept it. Um, it's, it's, it's address, accept, and release. Like, that's the formula. So first... In, in order to address something, like, we have to actually acknowledge that it exists. Um, and so that's what these dialogues are for. And I'll continue to have these dialogues where I can hear people acknowledging whether instances of their own mental health struggle or instances where they witness it in another person or in the community and or in, even in people's actions. And 
how it affected them, how it affected the, the subject. Um, accept, accepting is a huge part of moving on. Um, I think though address, addressing and accepting are the two difficult parts. Addressing is just a matter of not being in denial. Um, when you go through work and you have a bad day, people from New York City, you know what I'm talking about, the MTA don't never be working. They always raising the damn fear and they don't be doing shit. And they always building and building. Can't finish build yet, but people's work lives and their, their livelihoods depend on this system that doesn't work, right? Um, anyways, damn, that was a, a little mini rant. I don't even know where the hell that came from. And I don't remember where I was going. But no, I really think that addressing... Don't call me. Why y'all niggas calling? Um, I really think that... Uh, all the fucking distractions. Um, address Addressing is difficult. When it comes to, I don't know where I was going. I ain't even going to hold you. I got completely distracted. But I, I was saying something along the lines of addressing and accepting is, is the hard part. Um, addressing is just the concept of not being in denial. Accepting is different, though, because accepting is, is coming to terms with the fact that, yeah, we are disadvantaged. Yeah, we do have issues um in our past that some people don't even have any real life concept of it um yeah there will continue to be let's not even just talk about the past let's talk about the present they still killing black kids let's talk about that right there will continue to be issues that we face we're still fighting to even be seen as an equal part of the human race you know what i'm saying as a, as a worthy and valuable. And honestly, I really don't give a fuck about that. Like, <laughs> I mean, let me not get too violent. But I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I'm not trying to convince nobody of my worth. Convince nobody of my value to exist. I'm going to just claim that shit. So come see me. Anyways. <laughs> um, but no, we do have to address that this is, this is the world that we live in. And this is, these are the hands that we've been giving, unfortunately. But see releasing releasing is freedom and we have the opportunity to do so there's multiple ways to do so um but i i really really truly believe that it all starts with us acknowledging it in the first place and then because the crazy thing is they always say like I, i i always say they say when you know better you do better i always say when you have knowledge of something you're burdened with the responsibility of what to do with that knowledge so if you're aware of the struggles and stuff within yourself or within your community and you don't do anything about it like that's a whole just that's a different level of ignorance I'm sorry but it is um I'm not I'm not here to come at anyone though who experiences uh, mental health struggles because I get it it's it's a lot easier to say um yes I'm gonna help get myself help and work on myself but like I said the more we have these conversations the more that more these have these conversations the more we'll have people actually working towards um releasing this maybe they're not there yet but working towards it and the more examples of we have that we have of people releasing this pain and trauma then the more examples we can feed back into people who don't really see it because 
it's it's hard to imagine something that you don't know and that you don't see. You know what I'm saying? So let's help each other out. Let's let's talk about it. Um, I've personally had issues with being people's personal um, counselor because I'm I am good at being you know empathic and listening and observing, but even that's difficult to to really like be there for someone in a qualified way. So there, there, just know that there's multiple ways to go about this. And if we need to depend on each other and someone is, is, is either, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? If someone is willing to do that, willing to help you out, like that's great. But there are resources that we can, we can put together um, as to how we can liberate black people from the dark matter that's within them and also how they might be able to liberate themselves. So, yeah, man, it, it just got deep. But, you know, life is bittersweet. For this next segment, though, I'm going to talk about, this is called the sweet and sour segment. I'm going to talk about Candace Payne. It's very ironic that that's her last name because... This story brings me pain, but it also brings me um, a little bit of joy and a little bit of hope in humanity. So last week or last the last two weeks, really, but the last two weeks, there's been like a cold front, like a winter storm, uh, ice freeze. And you already know, see, I'm from the Caribbean. So I, I always say that I literally wasn't made for the cold. But I promise you, even growing up in New York, like, I promise you, New York City cold and upstate New York cold was two different types of cold. And they're so used to it up there that they, they operate like it's nothing. Like, I remember, um, what you call it? I remember having a job that I was going to, like an internship in between um, semesters because we were ma- it was mandatory for us to do that. And... Like, they had a freaking power outage in, in the whole area. I didn't have no power in my house. And we worked nights. And I, I was trying to call um, my boss to ask him, like, do I need to come in? Because I have to get somebody to drive me to work. I didn't have a car. Do I need to come in? They let the day shift out early. Do I need to come in? It's freezing outside. It's, like, inches upon inches of snow. He's like, yeah, you got to see, you know. See how us us real workers work because everybody else in the lab was there. What? There were times where school was under, was like negative 10, negative 17 or something crazy, something crazy like that. And we're waiting for the school to announce that the campus is closed and it's like 12 o'clock and they still ain't announced it. They wouldn't even, apparently they got a little bit less um, or a little bit more lenient with my class and the classes were there that were there when I was there, but they used to carry on like it was nothing. That being said, I understand that there are some places that are just way too cold. And, and, and it's, it's at that point, it's like a life emergency. Um, and Chicago is one of those places. I, I, I have such a a soft place in my heart for homeless people. Like just even bringing up the topic is bringing tears to my eyes. Every time I think about homelessness, I like bust into tears 
Uh, and this because there's I'm in LA and there's so many of them in LA and I grew up in New York there's a lot of people there too but there's many in LA and of course there's homeless people everywhere so in Chicago there were there were homeless people I remember someone on my IG story posting that homeless people were freezing to death and honestly that broke my heart like it it's just it's sad because I personally believe that there's no reason that anybody should be homeless like that it 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 saddens me and it pisses me off at the same time but then to find out that like they're in these harsh weather conditions and there's literally no resolve that it's 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 fucking ridiculous um so that's the sour part of that but the sweet part is that there's this woman named Candace Payne who spent her time her effort and her money um giving homeless people hotel rooms during the cold front and that's first of all thank you Candice you know shout out to you you're a hero for that I (laughs) thank you like thank you and I don't I'm not gonna come at who was doing what and who wasn't but the fact that you found it necessary to help those people thank you um and it, it, it really made me wonder it's like Okay, that was just her. I'm not saying that other organizations or other people don't do it, but that was just her. But if we can have more of these like forward um, movements and people who have the means, really, because it's it's really hard to tell everyone to to invest in something like that if they don't have the money in the first place. But the the fact that you were so selfless and so brave that that was just very sweet. Um, and I'm seeing here that Ellen gave $50,000 to her. Um, so, you know, once you put out that type of energy, it does find you. I'm not saying that you need to put out with expectation of return, but I think you deserve everything that you receive, Candace Payne. So thank you for your, your generosity and your selflessness because the world needs more of that. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and call this a wrap. I got other shit to do, so... You know, thanks for vibing with me. If you listen to this whole thing, cool. If not, cool. If you just press the link because you wanted to show some love, like fake love, but you're not really interested in what I got to say, then cool too. <laughs> nah, I'm just talking mad shit. But really, um, stay blessed. You know what I'm saying? Try to spread love and freedom everywhere you go. And I'll catch y'all on the next episode. Yo.